It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hey, 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 thanks for joining us. Real quick promise, please find us and follow us at Mistreague Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have curated content on Pinterest and Flipboard. Check out our channels on TikTok and YouTube, and if you would be so kind, like that famous prince we all know, please show us some love and rate and review us. Positive vibes only, right? But first... Champagne. Hi, welcome to Misdeeds and Intrigue. I am your host, Carrie. And I am your host, Larissa. Are we hosts or hostesses? What are we? I feel like hostesses sound like either like those cupcake things or yes. we're going to see somebody at a restaurant. That's probably host. my level right now like in my career. <laughs> no. no, I like it. I like hosts much better. You're not like hostess. Remember, that's what they called flight attendants in the 60s and air hostess. I love it. I love the show Pan Am and stuff. I'm like all oh, about God, that aesthetic. I know. I know. I wish we were back in those days of, you know, dressing for travel, making it more of yeah. a spectacle. So speaking of travel, I am going to be away next week for my birthday. So I thought Where are you going? I'm going to Belize and it's supposed to rain all week. Oh, so I picked the rainy season because it was oh raining all last week, too. Yeah, that the whole thing about going to a rainforest. Well, you know what you can do since it's raining? What's that? You can investigate a murder. Oh, I know. I cannot wait. Okay. I was just listening to Reasonable Doubt today with okay. Mark Garagos. Uh-huh. Mm, kind of made me think of some stuff. Okay. So what I'm talking about is the the case down in Belize where the Canadian socialite it's either manslaughter, possibly murder. She murdered a higher up in their police department, supposedly on a date. Go into this. I need to, okay. I need to know. So I'm going to give you the version between UK Daily Mail and Mark Garagos from Reasonable Doubt, who also is the big lawyer for, I think he did a Scott Peterson and all that. Yes. So according yes. to him, this is, this is so somewhere between the theories and the truth is what I'm about to bring you. <laughs> all right. So there is a Canadian woman, Jasmine Harton, and she is married to, she's Canadian, but she's married to a Lord's son and they ran a hotel down there. But is her, her husband's a lot older than her, right? I don't know. The pictures I saw where he was cute, but he's lived there for like 20 years. And she's only 32. Is that correct? And she has two kids and they said that she would be seen at this uh, Belizean, I didn't even know that was a word, speakeasy, where she dance on, yeah, <laughs> where she would dance on the countertops and she'd sing Shaggy, It Wasn't Me. So obviously this is one occasion that she was seen. For some reason, like people that were there would say that she would kind of party a lot, even though she was part of this luxurious life. She liked being with the locals, but she would gravitate towards the police officers. It was, the conjecture said that she felt a lot safer with them and this is this is what they said. He's got like five kids, this police superintendent. Yeah. And he was staying rent free at one of their bungalows or whatnot. They were what is he, the, what's a hotel? Aria or Ariana or something? Yeah, we'll go with what you said. Okay. And <laughs> both of them. Yeah. They own two major hotels yeah. with the same name. So police superintendent Henry Jamont 
they he was staying there rent free. I guess he's having problems with his lady. And supposedly he had no drugs in his system. Supposedly yeah. he told somebody, Yeah, I have a date tonight, but I won't tell anybody who it's with. However, she they think that she was down on the dock. She the the theory is because people are like, Oh, how would she ever date this dude? You know, and she's married with little kids. And that he had access to police seizures and she would buy cocaine from him. So they were down at the dock. Somehow a massage came in too, which I'm like, how do you give people massages on a dock? Two theories is, is she shot him, then asked for a lawyer. She said that it was a shooting from a passing boat or that he shot himself because he was depressed, even though it was behind the ear, but that there's evidence that the gun misfired. She panicked, pushed the body in the water because she didn't want to have drugs on her being she's not, she's a foreign citizen Mm -hmm. and what her position was. And she has little kids. So there's a lot of stuff in the press right now because she asked for a lawyer because obviously she's under, you know, charges, which I would too, especially I've watched enough locked up abroad that I would definitely be asking for a lawyer and an embassy. Like I've already went, I was already, I'm already planning on going there. And I already was looking up the embassy and I did all my safety briefings with my job and all that. My name is Alice Morano. My best friend forever is Darlene Davis. I mean, beautiful golden beaches. Ferg told us his brother spent a whole summer in Bangkok for like only 500 bucks. Thai means freedom. What could be better than a country named after the exact thing we were looking for? It was intense, alive, beautiful. Where are you from? I'm Australian. Australian? Australian, you idiot. He wants to take us to Hong Kong. I don't want to go to Hong Kong. Please? You go. How many times have I done this for you? Here's the deal. I'm going to fly ahead this afternoon, and then you two guys can come out there tomorrow. We can just kick back and have a good time. It'll be unreal. Narcotics. So somebody planted it on us. Alice, I have the right to an attorney. Oh, yes, and right to one telephone call, too. You didn't sign anything, did you, Charlie? I told you I confessed. It appears that there is no Nick Parks. 33 years! Just let her go! Keep catching these vile little drug smugglers, and you keep defending them. Supposedly, this security guard, uh, his last name is Lopez, he said that he was one of the first people to encounter her after she accidentally shot dead the superintendent. And that after being alerted of the shooting by a security guard, Lopez said he arrived at the scene to find heart and with blood on the left side of her clothing. I looked at her. I was stunned. And I said, Jasmine, she didn't answer me. She said, does anybody have a cigarette? It was crazy. She said, she said, Hey, does anyone have a cigarette? You did, hey. a, good, you did a good, that's a good Canadian. <laughs> that's what I find really shocking is that okay I don't think it was an accident I really don't and he was looking the the policeman was or the he wasn't a policeman he was higher up he was he was a superintendent superintendent so he was telling everyone that he was looking forward to this date hot date you know I'm gonna they were asking him who is it oh I'm gonna take this one to my grave I'll never tell you Mm -hmm. I think he was all in I think you're right. She was either into the drugs or she was toying with him. Maybe she had done something wrong on the island and maybe they were going to look into it. But this was no accident. How would gunplay ever? Okay. In order for you to shoot someone accidentally, the gun needs to be out of the holster. Why would the gun be out of the holster on a romantic tryst? Superintendents, police, whoever, they never take their gun out of their holster. If they do, they're not true policemen. Was she being blackmailed? 
I just watched Maybe. a crime to remember on this where this happened down south and Bailey was watching it with me. She had it all figured out that this lady was married. She was they had were running a ring of gambling and the town doctor was in on it. But it obviously had overtones of racial and basically she was pregnant again by the doctor and he refused to do an abort like a whole thing. And he was found with a hundred dollar bill in his hand. And Answer me this. How do you tell the true story of something that happened 60 years ago when no two people can agree on exactly what occurred? When the players, long dead, lived in a world that barely resembles ours. So much time has passed. So many secrets taken to the grave. What you doing here? How do I make you understand why the events that occurred in my little hometown on this sunny Sunday morning came to be one of the most famous crimes you've never heard of? The police speak to three women who had been in the waiting room. One of them had come in immediately before the gunshots. The other two women had actually seen a woman enter. This lady was approximately five feet, two inches tall. She was a little over medium weight. Dark skin, yellow dress, tan handbag, tan shoes. The women had heard an argument centered around a medical bill. She said, I want to pay my bill. Here's $100. I want a receipt for it. And the doctor then said, you know, goddamn you woman, I've had enough of you. At that point, she heard the first gunshot as Dr. Adams tried to turn around and exit the door. There was a second gunshot and then another shot towards his back. And after a pause, the fourth shot. It was a very tragic case, but she literally had her kids in the car and people were like, why would she want to commit this murder if she had the kids in the car? Her name was Ruby. I like, I thought that was very appropriate, Ruby. Okay. So if there is way more to this story and you're in her shoes, would you still murder someone over it? Even if we're blackmail, if it were not, definitely not in a foreign country where I'm like the guest. <laughs> okay. No, okay. So you're in much funny money I've Okay, so you're in South Florida. Would you still murder someone? <laughs> no, I would go to Ghana because you can give them a root potato that has like arsenic in it. And you can That's just right. say, I didn't okay. know how to treat it because I watched Ramsey and now I know how to do that. I think we know way too much. <laughs> I think so too. Much. I wonder if he thought there was more to their relationship than what there was. She's getting hooked up with cocaine or feels like she can get it mm-hmm. with, uh, sorry, if you heard sneezing. Maybe they were playing with the gun or something, or she was high, but there was nothing in his system, but there's definitely more yeah. to it. I don't, I don't know if she was dating him. Like why? I mean, maybe who knows if she's part of the party set. I mean, here's the thing. That's a very, I've been to Ambergis Key in San Pedro, and that's a very, very small little town. I mean, everyone knows everyone and you drive golf carts around. So if there's any expat, we went during off season, so we were shooting there. And if there's any expat in town, even if you have a camera or no camera, everyone knows who you are. 
expat or tourist or, or anything, everyone knows everyone. So I feel that maybe you're right. The drugs came into play or maybe everyone knew something about her or the policeman or the superintendent was going to reveal something about her. There's got to be a reason she killed him, not just accident accidental misfire that's ridiculous and maybe and who knows maybe she flirted a little too much got out of hand or something like that yeah because i'm not discounting i'm not going to say well why would she be interested if she had money in the police superintendent there's been all kinds of pairings i'm not that's not my place to discount but there's she's something she she fucked up so get to the bottom of it but be careful because canadians can still hire hitmen if you dig too deep (laughs) And they do have a lot of money. I so need to figure out where I'm going to. <laughs> that would help. Because you asked me where I was going. I was like, I don't know. I just like booked Somewhere it. in Belize, anywhere. Yeah. Um, the plane's going to land and we're just going to party right there. I'm going to Mountain Pine Ridge, wherever that is. I'm flying into Belize City, but I'm staying at some reserve. I've got like. Okay. I don't think you're going to Ambergris Key, the island, right? No, I've been, I've been snorkeling and stuff out there. Yeah, I'm just in Mountain Pine Ridge, Belize, it says. But that's even better. You can do your research from afar and, you know, hopefully not get killed while doing it. Yes, I will let you know. And please, please come get me if something happens to me. I will. I didn't do it. I can tell you right now I didn't do it. Women usually don't kill with guns. I'm not going to do it. It's a shocking confrontation between the socialite accused of killing a top cop in paradise and the billionaire father of her children. Jasmine Harton is relentless as she searches the new luxury resort owned by her boyfriend's family. Nothing says I can't be in here, so I'm here. She strides through the kitchen of the glitzy hotel, and there he is, Andrew Ashcroft, the son of a billionaire British lord. Why won't you let me see the kids, Andrew? Why won't you let me see the children? Why are you stopping me from being at my house and seeing my kids, Andrew? Jasmine's mother is with her. It's going in the newspaper, Andrew. Jasmine was released from jail two weeks ago after posting bail. She is charged with manslaughter by negligence in the shooting death of 42-year-old Henry Jemmett, a high-ranking Belizean police superintendent. Jasmine claims the gun accidentally went off as she was practicing loading it after a night of drinking with Jemmett. Just two months ago, Jasmine and Andrew and their twins celebrated the opening of the high-end resort. Now she's chasing him through the lush grounds. Andrew's running so I can't see my children. Security is literally stopping me from seeing my children right now. Okay, so I want to congratulate Princess Beatrice on her pregnancy. I don't know if we did that last time. No, and I'm suspicious still of him. But you know what I found out? Her kids will have a noble title, but not on the British side. It's on their dad's side, on Edo's side. They will either be a count if they're a male or a noble donna if they're a female. Repeat, noble donna. I can't do it. I cannot. I cannot speak languages. I cannot even put people Which means that. a noble woman. There will be a noble woman. So uh, they're set. Yeah. And it's it's very interesting, the dynamic with Wolfie and the, ex, and the ex-girlfriend. Yeah. I've already talked about that before. I know, I'm, very that. Yeah, I'm very suspicious. They're a little too, too close. Yeah. A little too close for comfort. And another thing I wanted to bring up that's in the news, our favorite female criminal. She's not our favorite. She's kind of disgusting. But Ghislaine, uh, her yes. lawyers are 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 feverishly trying to get her out on bail because of the grueling conditions in her jail. 
Glenn is in very, very, very difficult conditions, conditions none of us would wish on our worst enemies. Um, it's reported that there's a sewage stench and um, the smell of urine. And I'm like, that's any good concert that you would go to before the pandemic. You would have a sewage stench, sewage stench and smell of urine. So I don't understand her problem. But, um, you know, you feed you feed minors to a sexual predator. That's what you get. It's a price you got to pay. I wonder if if she does plead guilty to her even get the process over. Will she go to like in Otisville, like where fire fraud went or well, Madoff went to a normal one, but the situation and and fire fraud went to one of the, one of the golf course ones, but I wonder what would happen with her where she would. I think she's going normal because it's really not money thing, a federal money. It's the moment you get charged with sex trafficking and it goes that direction. You're going, you're going normal. You're going Epstein jail. Yeah. Did you hear about the, his guards? pleaded guilty or whatever to sleeping. And they basically thought that if they, they thought that if they went ahead and really went to trial about it, that they, they would come out that this was like a normal thing. So they wanted to kind of hush it up. Oh my sleeping. They were probably taking sleeping pills to, to sleep. So they wouldn't see anything or hear anything. Cause remember Jody from reality TV, see something, say something, or we love to hate podcast. Uh, yeah. Something say something. We're very big believers in see something, say something. And if you're a guard, if you don't see it, you can't say anything, right? I told you about, I used to have a guardsman that worked for me or I worked with him. Semi worked for me, but I didn't consider him like that. He used to be a guard where David Berkowitz was held. He has struck six times in the Bronx and Queens in the past nine months. Nobody, not even police, knew anything about him, and that fear of the unknown forced people off the streets. They've been shot with a 44 caliber bulldog revolver, an especially deadly weapon. He has killed four women and a man, all of whom had long brown hair. They're afraid. You never know when you turn around who's going to be there. Like my sister will not come out of the house now. It's just, it's just too dangerous. You can't take the chance. And he said that that guy was very polite, very religious. And the bar- guards would like bark at him and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Very quiet, dude. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So on that note, next week, as I said before, I'll be traveling and I thought it'd be a good idea because Carolyn Stansberry just got engaged to a younger man. Yay. But I would repost the Ladies of London episode with Megan from Bravo Happy Hour. I love her. I am so excited about that episode. I can't even Yeah. So you. I thought it'd be a good time to kind of put that out there. I'm really hoping at some point they resurrect it, uh, something with Ladies of London, even though they've all kind of dispersed because I like seeing the international thing. I do. I do. I like seeing the, you know, it's a different type of lifestyle than we have here. Yeah. It's just even the wealthier, it's a different wealthy. It's a different, it's just different. Do you think Meghan Markle watched it? Hmm. Hmm. God knows, you know. I would love to see your search history though. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny because Pierce Morgan is going to be on 60 minutes Australia and they have this big tease of how he's planning to bring mm-hmm. down Meghan Markle. I'm like, dude, okay. You, you, first of all, you can't bring down Meghan Markle, but um, he's like, liar, liar. She's a big fat liar. <laughs> what do you think about Erica Girardi? I mean, I, I think, listen, Erica's a scrapper and Tom is not letting go of those millions. I think this was planned out ahead of time. I think they went through this divorce 
to keep something, even if he's like, you know what, I'm going down with the ship. I want you to be set. I really think that's, that's the way this is panning out. And, and by the way, if he had dementia, why was he still practicing? Why was he still in the office? I mean, he seemed sharp as a tack last season. Yeah. I know it was a couple of years ago that that was filmed, but still. I heard stories that he would kind of repeat stories and stuff, which is kind of, you know, standard of that age. But two years ago, she got served. She got served in 2020. Like she knew about these court cases. I, and I, I feel like she tried to say, oh, it was cheating from like 2012 back when he had like a flip phone. I think that she probably was just like, they had an understanding where she was more asexual. Like I'm married in my career. You can go do your thing. I have a tremendous amount of respect for you. You built me, you know, and you supported me and all that. She's a smart lady. She's not giving that up. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't think the way that she is. I don't think she's as clueless. I think that they just didn't think they're the Ponzi scheme of the cases because of COVID. I just don't think they ever expected it to come out. If COVID didn't hit, I think that they would have just kept taking the money from the new cases and paying the old cases until, until mean, the ship went this down. This was like s- several families from the Lion Air tragedy. Yeah. Right? And her name was on certain things. Like, I just don't believe it's completely oblivious. It's not like a Teresa Judice, like sign, yeah, yeah, Judice, yeah. sign this, sign this paper so we can get a, a home loan. And half the people in New York and New Jersey before the market dropped out we're all doing so many of those companies got in trouble for credit mm-hmm. fraud. I worked at one company where they would literally just have these old people for signing indoors sign a credit card application and they would fill in all the Yeah, all the, exactly. And they would just guess what they wanted them to make as income. Like but yeah, plus Eric is a smart businesswoman. She has her own singing career. I mean, he built that singing career for her, but she's not going to sign anything blindly for sure. Yeah. No, I just don't. I just, I think more, I think she was in on it, but he's trying to protect her and go down with the ship, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Thing. I think it's interesting too, that her and the ex-wife filed to try to get their settlements before, I think on the house, like when the house sells, they filed to get money jurisdiction before all their creditors do before like the oh. yeah and before the people get it which kind of looks like bad too you know what I mean like did you really get bad. enough already like go so yeah you know you, I think you got enough you got a lot go visit those offshore accounts ladies just go visit those offshore accounts and take that be happy you know maybe it's not going to be a million private jets to every concert you go to Erica, but you know, it's good. Have you met any of the housewives? I have. I was actually, do you remember Jill Zarin? Yes. She was a friend of mine. I don't keep in touch with her that much anymore, but she's, she's a lot of fun. Uh, Do you think she'd come on the podcast? I don't know. Maybe I need to get in touch with her again. I was on her clubhouse. She reminds uh, me of home. Of who? She reminds me of home because I'm originally from New York. Oh, yeah. She reminds me of like a lady you would just know at home. Like you'd go in the salon, you know, to get your hair done. And she'd already be there with her dog talking. She's a lot of fun. I wish they would have brought her back. That's one housewife I wanted to see come back. Yeah. One housewife I wish I could see go is Jen Shaw from... What do you think about her crowdfund this week of $2.5 million? What? Okay. So what is this? I did not hear about the GoFundMe page. She's trying to get people Cousin. to pay her bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's... Her legal fund for $2.5 million. I hate her that on every level. I hate that on. Mm-hmm. I hate that people would give to that. And I hate her cousin for doing that because 
you know what? If she's going to do the crime, just she's she hosted all these amazing parties, live in the baller lifestyle. You know what? Take some money and pay for your lawyers. What was the question? It just threw me off. Yes, I was I'm 50. Sure it did. <laughs> would throw all of us off. Uh, I was going through a lot and I wasn't proud of, you know, all of the things that that I did or how I acted or communicated, but you know what Shit happens. I wonder if her husband knew. I feel like he knew too. And he was a lawyer. You know before he did this whole football thing, he was a lawyer. Oh really? See, yeah, that's so what I mean. Dumb. It's not the he, first rodeo. He was not the coach of a famous football team, right? He was Yeah, I, her husband's not making crazy money coaching a Salt Lake City mm-hmm. basketball team. I mean, which which university is he at? I don't even know. And I think he's an assistant coach. He's not yeah. even like the main deal. Unless you're coaching, you know, NCAA Final Four team, you're really not making that good of money. No. I say shame on her cousin for starting that website. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, they took it down. They took it down really quickly. She's slated to be on next season, though. Yeah, I know. And they got all like the rest stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. I hope Heather is still popular and that she's not like a one season wonder. Like Leah, the season, I can't even watch her on the screen. There are a lot of them that are, I mean, I can watch Jen Shaw, but I just, it's my, it's my fabric, my moral fabric going, you know what? I mean, she might be interesting, but I can't get down with that. I think that's why a lot of people won't do these shows because they're afraid of the stuff that will come out. Well, yeah. I mean, look at anything going on. The IRS is watching. Fed's uh, watching. Yeah. They're like, oh, look, it's all on tape. We can subpoena that crap right out of the bag. Exactly. I have the honor of having Megan from Bravo Happy Hour on. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous to have you on. That is insane. Because I talk a really good game. (laughs) I talk a really good game. Try to send really cute messages and tiktoks and all that to you you know trying to woo you and all that but i'm really not that cool i was gonna say it sounds like you're courting me (laughs) i loved the tiktok you sent though (laughs) no lie when i sent you the one about new york dating i really kind of was thinking it was you (laughs) i was like terrified and then had to like go back and look at like all of my past failed dates and been like oh my god like word for word I think I've said some of those things definitely about like the Joe's pizza versus Prince Street pizza I'm like I've had that debate I have the jacket she's wearing my hair looks exactly like hers so I had to take a hard look in the mirror but I I sent it to like 10 of my girlfriends and they're like this is you and it's really scary you should change <laughs> even when she's like sits down she's like oh Sorry, I'm late. This happened, and with like just the oh, way you yeah. talked about, like, I feel like I was reading your text, <laughs> which is basically like, um, I'm gonna, I'm working constantly. I'm working constantly, and if I'm not working, I'm so anxious about work. Uh, it's it's a healthy work life <laughs> relationship, clearly. <laughs> and I think you and I originally bonded over family karma. We're Indian, and the first generation to live in America. Not your typical Indian woman. Not just because of all of this. Because I'm dating a white guy. He has to have his Indian outfits custom made. If I'm staying in this house, it's partially mine. 
get married. Get married. Get married. Somebody will call me grandpa. Have you been drinking? Oh, such a good show. They didn't even get a reunion. That is absolute bullshit. But I will say, like, Bravo is so strange with who they give reunions to, even this past season of Shaws of Sunset, like four months after the season finale, they got a reunion. And I'm thinking, aren't we in season eight or nine? And they've consistently had one. I'm like, what is going on in the development section at Bravo? This replaced, what was the one with the dynasties? Oh, Mexican dynasties. Which I actually appreciated that show. I actually liked it. Get your butt exactly where the spout comes out. This season on Mexican Dynasties. What do I do? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Ah! It was just me, the stage. Ah! Sounded good? (laughs) I liked that show. I, I thought it was fun. I like family antics. I like, like, generational drama. But I really, really enjoyed Family Karma just because I felt it was layered in a way that there was like dating in the families mm-hmm. and even oh, her name is escaping me her like who was like the dancer girl who was like trying to date brian and her dad had, they had that weird relationship and so there was just so many like different ways of looking at every scene and every scene was something totally different and and i also really like the indian culture i ended up watching i think it was like indian matchmaking on netflix me oh my too. god, addicting. I'm like, is there 30 <laughs> seasons of this? I need to be involved. And like, I find it backwards, but weird. What happened to the girl that was the lawyer that was like, I don't like comedy. I want someone <laughs> just like me. I don't like to laugh. And I don't want to go on vacation. She was the girl who was like, the one guy she did like, he didn't like her. That was hard to watch. And like, I found like a little bit of myself in that where I was like, ooh, I can be like a little controlling in that way. But I like to have fun. Yeah, I work hard. But if you're not going to have fun on the moments when you're not working and the way like she explained like her love of traveling was like she was just trying to check places off on a list rather than like going to a place and exploring it and exploring culture and and genuinely having fun. I'm like, oh, she really just has like a list of the 300 places to go before you die. And she's just checking it off. There was two of them that was painful. The one that the girl was really beautiful, but they were like, well, it's going to be an issue. And the guy was not even cute. And he's like, oh, he like totally stood her up. Yeah, that was hard. He ran or whatever, which I wasn't even believing him. But when she was like there, it's going to be harder for you because you didn't directly come from India. Your family went to Guyana first or or wherever first. So that might be an issue. And meanwhile, she was like gorgeous. She seemed like she had her shit together. That matchmaker was really strange. And like, I see it as as like a strange concept because I'm obviously not Indian and I'm not in a situation where my parents have, you know, any say in anything I do or who my date. So, or like any, I don't have like any person in my life telling me that, especially like not someone I'm paying. And even like her aggressive colorism towards all of the women where she'd be like, oh, good, light skin, thin, very tall. And then she'd be talking to some of that boy, the boys, you know, like that one mama's boy who was like definitely potentially like making out with his mom, like in the closet when they weren't filming. Like, 
like they gave me such creepy vibes and the way he was talking about women being oh she must look like a model she needs to be very tall very skinny I'm like who are you like do you think you're the Indian Brad Pitt like in what world can you speak about women like that when you have truly zero to offer and then that teacher just wanted love the one where the dad went to prison or something oh the dude I liked him a lot I love the one scene where he's like with his friends and he's like yeah, guys, so, like, I don't know, crazy story, so I'm not, I don't have a relationship with my dad because he went to prison for killing someone. I don't know. I never told you guys that. And they all were like, bro, like, we live together. Like, <laughs> I think, like, I might have remembered, unless I completely blacked out from 50 bottles of wine, there's no possible way a friend could tell you that and you just, like, poof, forget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but it's, like... <laughs> I don't think that show is going to come back, but I wish it would because, or I wish another network, what is like Oxygen doing now or like Oprah's own, like some other network needs to like pop up and give Bravo a run for their money with some shows like this. Not some like janky TLC, another network that's not busy needs to step up and start taking some of these production ones that they're passing up on. Family Karma, maybe some, you know, Hispanic one. Anything that doesn't involve a man who's married to eight women or a boring white couple who have eight kids. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to be so (laughs) enthralled by this family who has never heard of a fucking condom. I don't want to see white trash people who can't stop having sex. Like, at a certain point, like, like, what am I watching? Like, this is outrageous. I get really stressed out by those. And John and K plus eight, they both turn into such freaks. And then their kids end up having all of these weird complexes because they've been on television since the moment they were born. Oh my god, I got a story. What's your story? I feel like it's good. (laughs) So, you know that I'm originally from New York, right? Oh yeah. So my dad used to have a boat down on the Hudson. He would dock it at the pier, but he would never take it out. He would just sit on the boat. I don't know if it was gas prices or people watching (laughs) or maybe a combination of both. Just being able to say he had like a boat at the dock, right? And the one day we're at the, on the boat, I'm standing there and I'm looking and I'm looking. I'm like, that guy looks really freaking familiar. Who is that guy? It was John th- with the chick. And that was the pictures that broke in U.S. Weekly of him with her. When people found out that they were not together and he was seeing the daughter wow. of his plastic surgeon. I didn't. I was like taking pictures but I would never even think to like submit them to like paparazzi or whatever but I rem- I was sitting right there watching him out on that patio damn that's juicy it was really random place too how could someone go out with him at a certain point like haven't you seen this guy be a prick on tele I mean even though I watched that like American murder or something and that guy was like a little bit hot and now he has women writing in saying like disgustingly sexual things to him on letters what do you crazies see in these men? Like they, to quote like my Angelo, like people show you who they are. Like he murdered his family. What do you think? He's not going to try to murder you. I know. History will repeat itself. <laughs> did you watch the documentary, right? Yeah, it was really, I wanted more. I know I did too. I felt like, okay, where's part two? It's one of the few things where some of the shows, I feel like they kind of stretch out too long between the series, but I was, I really feel like that girlfriend knew a little bit more. Yeah, I felt like the girlfriend was probably somewhat aware that he was a weirdo because 
it, he's married with three kids. And as much as he can say like, yeah, we're separated. Yeah, we're breaking up. They only got hot and heavy when, when they were like in North Carolina or wherever they were because like she was really gone for a significant period of time. And so they could like spend time together. I just would start thinking that's fishy. And I don't know. I mean, also that wife, obviously, like I'm not victim blaming at all. She died and so did her kids. Like rest in peace. That's tragic the way the wife like publicized their life and I always think when someone is saying so much positive things into the world look how perfect our little family is and we have the best life and my gorgeous husband and this and that you know you just kind of have to start thinking like well why can't you just be present in your family's life why are you on Facebook live at all times like when you're telling your husband you're pregnant you're filming it for Facebook it's weird it's strange. I think the the Santa part was upsetting. Oh, that was so weird. Oh, and, oh yeah, with the phone. It's like, can't you just have a moment with your family? And I get like, of course you want to like have memories and not forget things. But there's also things that are like meant just for you and your family. Why do your 15 followers need to see that? Was she famous? Not famous, but like, do you think she had followers? I don't, I think she was just like that Midwest mom, probably was in some groups online and you friend them through that, you know, because she was trying to do one of those direct selling companies of the patches. Oh, was she? Yeah, that's what she was, that's what her job was. And I think that's why she was trying to like, you know, Facebook live and talk about her life and look at, you know, I had she had lupus and look at i got pregnant again these patches are so great people are fucking crazy with the shit that they believe imagine committing a murder okay not god forbid you ever this would not happen but just imagine because i feel like this would be my luck i would never be a murderer but this is what my luck would be okay okay imagining this yeah you commit a murder you it's five in the morning you go up to your work site you work you come home and the police are waiting for you (laughs) tell me you would not freak the fuck out how did i get dimed out or caught this quick you know that friend the one that called the police which i can't see any of my friends ever calling the police like that i was literally thinking i was like if i didn't like text my friend back by like 11 a.m my friend would be like oh she's really busy not like oh this bitch is dead That was like a tip-off where it's like, wait, that quick? The cops were there at one o'clock in the afternoon? Like, this is crazy. Exactly. She should have been up with those two little ladies on the keepers, the one that investigated. Like, (laughs) they should start like their own little Nancy Drew, you know, some like BBC detective, like old lady (laughs) agency. But I just, he must have freaked the fuck out to to be caught out that quick. Like that quick for them to get the to get the tapes you know even the other neighbors like yeah he never brings stuff out of his garage look at him he's like all kind of like all antsy even the neighbor was throwing him under the bus yeah the neighbor was like hey cops get back here that dude is up to something (laughs) (laughs) like bro you're so bad at killing your family (laughs) i liked when he was like yeah i'll take i'll take the whatever the lie detector test and the lady was like um okay so i just want you to know like you can't lie when you take this. Like, we will know. And he's like, I'm going to take it. And then the whole just lied and got, like, failing scores throughout the entire thing. And, like, 
then they were like, uh, hey, bro. So we did tell you that this is a lie detector test. If you're in the fifth grade, you probably have a pretty good understanding of these things. Like, I don't know, work. So um, you are very guilty <laughs> and you killed your family. And he's like, hmm, I didn't. Also, like, if you didn't kill your family, like, wouldn't you be crying? Wouldn't you be saying, like, get me the fuck out of this room and get the the sniffing dogs and start to find my family? Like, I always wonder that with these murderers. It's like, they're like, "Mm." he was so nonchalant. He's like, yeah, I hope that I hope the family comes back. He looked just like almost like a child, a 12 year old caught in their lie. I have a 20 year old son and literally my 20 year old still think he he can like lie to me sometimes. And I'm like, really? You don't even come up with like good lies. Like you need to be a better liar. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. No, that guy was twisted. And you know, it just, the whole thing was weird. Like, I, th- I thought the production of that documentary was strange, too, with, like, the texting. Now I'm like, okay, don't do anything bad, because my text might show up on a fucking documentary in 30 years. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to kill anybody, so. So at least that's off my, um, my record. I don't even have a good segue on why you're even here now. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you're getting into British society is to be born into it and marry into it. This is from the 1800s. You have to earn your place on the guest list. How much is the sable? 360,000. I feel like there's a lot more of getting to know each other that we need to do. London can smell a social climate a mile away. Bomb out, exactly. Yes, perfect. I have the Cinderella story, but running an estate is incredibly expensive. Thank you all for coming. Finally making a name for myself. Do I want one? It's delicious. Isn't it cozy? And I'm not going anywhere. Do you remember on Ladies of London? This no, this is not even a good segue. I'm really, I'm really grasping here. On Ladies of London, which we both love, <laughs> on the very first season, there was that blonde chick who had the Russian. Or I was he Russian boyfriend? Oh, Noel. Do, do you remember him? Yes. Yeah. And he later jumped off a building. Which to this day, if you look at who was involved in that business deal, a lot of people think he was pushed because all the people that were involved with it all have come. Dead. Sounds fishy to me. And he owed a lot of money. Like I remember when they got on the show, she was like, "My boyfriend is a bajillionaire. He has so much money, and we are very happy." And like 15 minutes later, she's like, "Well, something has come <laughs> up, and he owes lots of money, and is like the most like shamed man in, in the UK." So yeah, so she now welcomed a son, Xander, with her boyfriend, Nick Perks, and she did an interview in Hello Magazine in 2018, and she says she's still friends with Caprice, which Caprice is all over UK Daily Mail sometimes. If you remember her, she was the model with the two kids, and she wouldn't say who she had naturally and who was the um, surrogate baby. So she uh, basically is doing really well. She got a baby and she got a boyfriend and all that. Uh, two years after her dude jumped. I don't know. I feel like when you're with someone who probably like hoodwinked you a little bit, like she definitely was like young when they were dating and like probably had no idea that he was like that. And then he just offs himself. I feel like at that point you're like, okay, I'm ready to meet someone who actually likes me and wants to give me like a family and kids. And I don't want to be in any of the limelight, which I don't think she really is. Yeah. She, I think she's just like now living her best life. 
a normal person. We're going to do a little walk through memory lane of Ladies of London, which I wish that out of all the shows, I feel like I would have traded Beverly Hills for Ladies of London. Like there's a few I would have traded to keep Ladies of London if we were going by budgets. Oh, yeah. I would definitely want OC Housewives to be Yeah, let's get rid of Beverly Hills and OC and just get back Ladies of London. Two for one deal. I completely agree. But I think when Caroline Stanberry left the show to move to Dubai, I feel like they were like, well, we kind of are losing like the quote unquote matriarch of the show. So we might not be able to do it, which is unfortunate because I thought the other women were great and add a couple more crazies. And She wants to come back, though. She's wanted to come back for years. She wanted to go on Beverly Hills. Well, I think her husband probably gave her some sort of ultimatum like, okay, we're moving to Dubai. That means you can't be on the show anymore. And she's like, all right, I get a nine-bedroom mansion in Dubai. Dubai is very different than London. Um, You're now like living in the Middle East and have a lot less rights than you do as like a free citizen in in the UK. And not only that, but she lost her show. She lost her mode of income. Like she had that like fake gifting thing for years, but you know, that went away when she was on the show. That's why I feel like she went to Dubai because she wanted to save face. That's just my theory is that when her business was going down, she was just like, let's just jet because she was like the it girl. She was a society girl. And then let's just go to Dubai. That's a great reason to shut down a business too. Like we're, we're relocating. Her husband seemed not necessarily controlling in a way, but he wasn't as much of like a good time guy as Marissa's husband or Juliet's husband who were kind of like down to clown and were willing to maybe give into the show a little bit more because it offered their wives opportunities that like they might not have. And Caroline had opportunities before the show and then gets on the show and her business fails. He's like, what are you doing on here? Like, unless you're going to be using this as a way to build your business and grow your brand, then what are you doing? Now you're just fighting on the show. And, and Caroline love her. Like, obviously she's so chic and like effortlessly cool, but she's like very mean. And that was probably also not, really fun for him to watch his wife like get down in the muck and kind of a bully poor what's her name julie <laughs> like <laughs> that's not a fair fight <laughs> oh yeah i was literally just watching the episode where she was being i can't i wish i could do a british accent but they were like carolyn is being such a spoiled brat because she wasn't the lady of the manor and she's like i don't care i don't want to be lady of the manor but i don't want to do any activities you plan for us well i remember like one other fight with like caroline sandbury and caroline fleming where caroline sandbury was like i told you i don't like fruit stop telling me i need to eat fruit and i'm like what <laughs> so first i we could talk a whole show just about oh, Stan- totally. caroline sandbury i think she's like a whole mood <laughs> she's a whole i mean she is literally a very very like a character, really. So Carolyn Fleming was part of Denmark's royal family, which is kind of odd because I read a lot of the overseas stuff and I don't see a lot of her in the news anymore. She was married to Rory Fleming for seven years and he was the nephew of Ian Fleming who wrote James Bond. And he was a multimillionaire banker, as you do. So the Fleming family is the 25th richest in Britain. And so she was the host of America's Next Top Model. She published three cookbooks. She had her own perfume line. She's reportedly worth $450 million. But I don't – like her house and stuff on there, I wouldn't have thought that she was worth that much. 
Sometimes I feel like they inflate the numbers. She had like a, a beautiful town home and probably like Notting Hill or Kensington, like definitely like in a fancy place. But I feel like she wasn't as flashy as the other woman, which I don't think she really has to be because then she was like, okay, guys, come to my castle. And they're all like, wait. This is this is on another level of rich and bougie. She also had a son with soccer football player. She was 13 years older than him, which, man, that's like life goals there. I wish I had that kind of confidence. Just read her books and then buy her stockings and slowly but surely. She's been dating some dude now for like a year. She writes all those like Yolanda Hadid kind of captions. Oh, yeah. So does so does Carolyn Stanberry you know oh my love everything is for you like a david foster <laughs> kind of poetic word my love yeah so she posts a lot of topless photos with her back turned to the camera and photos of her drinking and so this caused crown princess mary who is godmother of her children to cut ties with her at one point oh that's sad and then you go on a show where it's like lots of women like partying all the time probably it wasn't not for nothing she met the prince in a bar <laughs> Yeah, you can't throw stones at that, honey. (laughs) And now we come to our lovely Caroline Stanberry, who dated the Duke of York post-divorce, but when he was still living with Fergie. She dated Hugh Grant. He had a girl. I love that one picture where they're like staring lovingly into each other's eyes. And she recently got divorced from her husband of 17 years. And now she is, she definitely is Jones going to get back on TV. She's been very upfront about that. She has a podcast, which I can't wait for you to talk about. And, And she also dated Sylvester Stallone, which I could totally see. I'm just cringing saying it. That is so weird. Like, there's two people I would never assume would be together. Yeah, I just remember him breaking up with with, uh, Jennifer Flavin, who he eventually married. And she had to, like, postmark. He did it by, like, mail. So she had to postmark her her ring back because he was having an affair like Angie Dickinson or (laughs) one of the redheads or one of the Dickinsons. But she also is all over Instagram about her new dude. All over. Yeah, she's definitely not had sex with her last husband for like 15 years based on these like flaunting of this love and how happy she is and the yoga and the travel. I'm like, oh my God, you are so digmatized by this 25-year-old or however old he is. I think he's like 27 yeah he's definitely way younger that's why i said i wish i had that kind of i can't even date somebody who's 10 years older than me in dc because i don't have the (laughs) confidence because men are so outnumbered by women here same in new york it's like oh you're at dinner with a guy and i'm like oh my god so you're gonna tell me you're gonna look at every other girl walking past so this is comfortable i love no that's exactly they're like girls like you come a dime a dozen what can you do to impress me i literally had a guy say that to me on a date you're like, I don't know, I need like, you know, my background, my my travels, my education, my history. I don't know. None of those things. My character. I don't know. How, how about that I actually gave you a chance? <laughs> Looking lucky. So her Instagram says divorce, not dead. How was her podcast? Her podcast was just another vanity project that another, you know, like B-list celebrity is now doing. And I talk about this on my show constantly. Podcasts and shows need to have a point. Of course, like, having a big name associated with it is great. But why do I need to hear Caroline Sandberg interviewing someone? 
I want to hear Caroline Sanbury only talk about Ladies of London. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> like, that is the only thing I want from her. And yeah, maybe we talk about her life a little bit. But so many of these people just start shows just to talk with people. And it's like, well, what's the point? Like, why am I going out of my way? Sometimes these people have been also so saturated on other podcasts where I'm like, I know everything about you. Like, we need new stuff. I know you blew him at 13 or whoever. And I'm like, and Caroline was shook by some of the things she was saying. And also said she first watched porn with her assistant, Luke, for the first time, like, a couple years ago. I'm like, why do I not believe that? Who, Caroline? Yeah. She said it was the first time she watched porn. Yeah. I don't know. That's, like, the only thing I took out of the whole episode. I'm like, I'm shocked. I feel like I would find, like, a first night in Paris with her, (laughs) like, lying around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, even her porn is really, really bougie. Yeah, like, I could totally see it being her. I once had this guy that was really bougie who saw himself as very successful, like, drove, like, Porsche the whole deal. You know what I mean? Had a couple cars. And one time he sent me, like, a clip of... I wasn't even intimate with him. Don't even... I don't even know why this came up. He sent me a clip of, like, what his preferred, you know, would be. Oh, my gosh. It was probably from 1983. These women with, like, teased hair with, like, pearls wrapped around their throats. Like, I'm still... Like, you know, the lace gloves up and up... Like, Madonna gloves up to the elbows. Like, it was so (laughs) disturbing. And he's like, yes, it's very artsy. It's very classy. Uh, He's like, it's called vintage in the porn world. Yeah, I had, like, one guy I was dating. And he, like, once was like, this is what I want us to do. And I was like, okay. And I clicked it. It was, like, just so aggressive and I was like okay like I'm down to have fun like but I think you kind of just want to like beat me up like I really don't even think like any pleasure is gonna come from this and then like it was so mortifying like a fun rough situation where I was like this is really bad like dude I can't hang out with this and then like on your phone if you have an iPhone like you can go up to like your texting page and I guess you could press a button and it'll show you like the most recent like links and things that you've been sent. And there was just like a big thumbnail <laughs> of the porn. So disturbed. And that was like four days, five days after he sent it. So like I wasn't even thinking about it. And then I was just like scrolling to find something. And I was like, oh my God, like what if anybody saw this? Like this is. Like, so mortifying. And I had to, like, delete the text. And I was like, okay, don't ever do that again. Like, I get it. I pick up what you're putting down in terms of what you want. And I don't even think we can really hang out anymore. But, like... I just just love the psychology behind it. He's just like, what is the most bougie porn I can find? Say it's art. Men are so weird. He told me... Okay, this is so gross. Now I'll just tell you because we're (laughs) laughing about it. He was like talking to me about like weird sex like porn this is so weird I've never told literally anything yeah I know I've never heard you talk like this ever on your podcast I'm like just listening I'm like Carrie don't talk too much because she might stop (laughs) (laughs) no he told me he watches this porn category called stuck fuck which is like literally a woman like looking for her shoe under the bed she gets stuck and then fucked. And I'm sorry if I'm cursing too much, but when he was like, yeah, that's like probably my favorite. 
I've never, ever, ever heard of that. I never had either. And then, like, a couple of days later, I was like, like, just like, I'll be the judge of this. <laughs> you need to do research. You needed to do research. I understand before you can make a judgment. Yeah, I can't judge him unless I see it for myself. And then I was like, I can't. <laughs> well, do you want to know the real plot twist? Which <laughs> I'm like on the edge of my seat. So we probably dated two months and he was like, uber like and I had just gotten out of a relationship and so I was like super vulnerable and like wanting someone to give me a lot of attention and so he was giving me tons of attention and like kept asking me to hang out and coming over and being really really sweet and texting me like nonstop. and I was like oh my god look at me like I just bounced back I found a new man and he's so hot and then so he messages me and he's like oh yeah I guess I forgot to tell you. I'm going, I can't like say too many details. So he's like, I'm going to Africa for two weeks on Tuesday. And I was like, what? We've hung out three times a week for the past two months. Like, what are you talking about? And then probably like a week or two before I Googled his name and a couple things came up, but on page two, cause you always got to go to page two, ladies. You always got to go to page two. I find a wedding registry. And I didn't believe it. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And the date was coming up two weeks later. And I was, and then so when he said like, I'm going to Africa for two weeks, in my head, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. So then I like put on like my real detective hat. He's married. Like he's engaged. Like he is engaged. Like, this is crazy. Where did the girl think he was for three I have no idea. Coming over at night, one night he slept over, but he, like, woke up so crazy early in the morning and had a freak out. So I'm like, uh-oh, like, <laughs> he must have gotten in trouble. So I am Googling. I'm trying to find anything I can find. I find her name from the registry, and then I'm trying to find things on her. She has no social media. He has no social media. I'm so good at stalking that I felt like Kristen Doty. I was knee deep and I find this weird blog and their engagement photos are on it. And so I take the link and I send it to him. And I was like, I hope you guys just have, you know, like an amazing wedding. And in like the blog post, it had like all of the information. And then I'm at work when this is happening. And so like at this point, I like booked a conference room for like the rest of the day. And I was like with my friend and the two of us are freaking out. I'm like, this is crazy. I was, like, sad because I was, like, wow, I can't believe I just got betrayed so royally. But then, like, there's another part of me where I'm, like, oh, my God, this guy is crazy. You send me crazy porn. You're such a liar. And now you're about to get married. And then he just, like, pretended like it wasn't a thing. And he was, like, oh, no, that didn't happen. Then he probably, like, blocked you. I was going to tell you after. And I was, like, dude, if I never had, like, a little weird inkling you would have never told me first and foremost. And then he was like, let me take you out tonight and explain everything. I'm like, what, what is like drinks and a couple apps going to do for us? Like we are done. We are done. Okay. This was a huge uh, detour. Like what? You're going to get a wedding invite out of this whole thing? Like really? And my friend was like, what are you going to, you're going to, you have to tell her, you have to tell her. I'm like, I'm going to tell this woman. I've known your fiance for two months. And I'm going to ruin your wedding. I was like, he's a sick fuck. And I told him like that day on the phone, I said, I don't need to tell your wife 
Because you're going to keep doing this for the rest of your goddamn relationship. If you're doing this now in like such a blissful period of your relationship, then you will consistently do this. I would think you will fuck yourself over. And then he would text me like constantly after he got back and then I had to block him. I was like, bro, you have serious issues. You have a beautiful life. Clearly like a beautiful bride, but evidently you are a pig. And it was the first time I ever like had seen a man like that who just has like no remorse he's like yeah whatever marriage marriage isn't it the worst this has happened to me that you were already rebounding getting over your ex but now you have two exes to get over because now you have the rebound and you had the regular guy (laughs) you know what I mean yeah my therapist was like basically on speed dial I was like um hey it's me this crazy thing happened just like what you gotta love it because you know what sometimes the best way to get over it is just like being like very dramatic and like having allowing yourself to have that like cathartic moment this is so embarrassing I had this person that I had it was pretty toxic okay I kept deleting out then I would look it up again delete out well I would always get one number wrong so I kept texting the wrong person and they finally were like you need to stop texting me listen and they gave me like advice and everything but they were getting mad. I was like texting at like three in the morning they're like this is not the first time like you need to lose this number from this guy he is no good for you Oh my god. And honestly, sometimes like a stranger's a stranger's suggestion can oftentimes make a big difference, clearly. I had a girl come on my podcast a couple weeks ago and we had never met. We were having a great show and then we were talking about dating. I don't know, something came up. She was like, you know, like I'm in my the show hasn't come out yet, so you'll hear it on Friday, actually. So she was like, Oh, you know, I got to a certain point and I just had to stop making excuses for men and realize like this is who they are and it was a moment where I'm like oh my god I've and just like got out of something wow like I have made so many excuses for him for his behavior towards me towards my behavior towards him towards everything where I'm like you're right why am I doing this and I'm like I think as women like we're so conditioned to think well this is it you're not gonna get that family you're not gonna get that husband you're not gonna get that life you want and this is the last and only guy who could possibly ever give you anything and then I'm like wait 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 that is so not I'm like if Caroline Stanberry can find a 26 year old (laughs) after what she's been going through I know for real I don't know how these people do it. I really, I was thinking about this when I was looking at Flemings and I'm so in love and best thing that ever happened. And that I don't know that. Now we're like getting deep, but I sometimes think I'm, am I just have such deep intimacy issues that I don't get like that with people where I date men, whatever. We either get to a point where we're like, I love you, da, da, da. But like, I'm never like, gushing on the internet. Like I would never feel comfortable doing that because of that reality of like if it doesn't work out then everybody's oh what happened I've been kind of seeing a guy we met like on an app like a couple weeks ago and he's been very nice and respectful and normal thus far we can talk probably in six months I did google him and I don't think he's married so that's a huge (laughs) step in the right direction now that's like your standard now (laughs) it's pathetic I'm like okay send me one example of the porn you like there's got to be a sex in the city episode or something where they started a fire and it like got out of hand or something of some of like the ex-boyfriend shit or something but <laughs> I mean I remember I was in like seventh grade and like I was with like two of my friends we both had scorned lovers 
lovers, meaning like a peck on the cheek at like my locker once. And my scorned lover obviously is a very gay man right now. So it's just on all tracks. And like we went back into her backyard and like had a bonfire and we all wrote like a note to our our scorned lover. And my friend who was like obviously like in a very, you know, quote unquote happy relationship, she was like the host of the seance. And, like, we wrote these, like, really long letters. I was like, I am done with you. You've hurt me one too many times. And, yeah, I'm sitting there like, these are the sunglasses he gave to me at this cool carnival. This was the first time we ever sent a post-it note to each other in class and throwing it out. And then I remember, like, going home that night and sobbing in my bed alone, being like, I ruined everything. I have nothing to show. He's all over me, and the next minute he's pushing me away, and I just, I just cannot believe this is happening again. Yes, all right, calm down. There'll be no breaking of things. Why do I keep doing this to myself? I must be a masochist or something. That's when I first realized it. I was in an S&M relationship with Mr. Big. Excuse me. In love relationships, there is a fine line between pleasure and pain. In fact, it's a common belief that a relationship without pain is a relationship not worth having. To some, pain implies growth. But how do we know when the growing pains stop and the pain pains take over? Are we masochists or optimists if we continue to walk that fine line? When it comes to relationships, how do you know when enough is enough? So that brings us to Julie Montague. Montague. <laughs> Because aren't we all looking for an Earl of Sandwich to marry? For real. And she already had two kids, too. Oh, I didn't know that. She did. So she had a failed marriage and she had two toddlers. Like, that's pretty impressive that she landed a lord with, she was an American with two kids. Not that there's anything wrong with you that you have kids from another relationship. It's just, I've been told before by men that have had kids oh my god you have three kids meanwhile one is much older and not even like lives at home oh my god like if i had known that or oh my god and this is coming from dudes that have more than one kid okay oh my god i would never date somebody who doesn't have that has more than one kid or they want no kids and they have kids it's like who are you what do you think (sighs) You're, men are so backwards, yeah. especially with women and, and single mothers. Like, I Who's going to date you after me when, when you have kids? I've been told that, too. Men are just so disgusting. Like, And then, yeah, then you see like a situation like this where you're like, oh, my God, wow. Like, a man who can actually love a little person that is half of me? It, oh, shocking. Shocking. And that's, like, why I've always, like... Mauricio, um, Kyle's husband, because they met when she was young and obviously she had like, you know, the Hilton connection and he was like a struggling real estate broker. So I don't know. It also worked. But regardless, I've always found it like when a man can step in and be a good provider and husband and like turn into a father for these kids, that takes a really strong man because so many men are weak and unable to handle that. Yeah, it's a it's a great filter at times. Yeah, I can imagine. So she, in London, she met and started dating Luke. She didn't know he was the son of a nobleman until three months after they met, and the two married a year later. 
So her father-in-law was the 11th Earl of Sandwich. An article from the Telegraph said that Luke had been misprescribed antidepressants and then strong sleeping tablets following a bad reaction to a routine sinus operation. In 2008, Luke decided to wean himself off them. However, a psychiatrist advised him to go to an addictions clinic in January of 2009 where the tablets were stopped overnight. A court case much later decided that this was negligence and awarded more than $1.3 million in compensation. And Luke's health spiraled downwards at once. He suffered dreadful side effects, agoraphobia, tinnitus, nerve pain, agitation, insomnia, memory loss, and brain fog. And he was hypersensitive to everything and couldn't function for about three years. So Julie told her kids that their dad had the flu or was just sick. And so they now campaign to get other sufferers the proper health care they need, which is interesting because they have the national health care system. Yeah. NHS over there. Damn. That's a lot going on. So she started teaching yoga as a source of income, and that's when she got into health and started her blog, Flex Foodie, and wrote a cookbook. Good for her for taking the reins on her family. You saw it on the show, like the way she really tried to make Mapperton a thing and always was trying to modernize it and find ways to make the estate really fun. And I'm dying to go there. Like whenever I go to the UK, I'm like, I need to do a tour of Mapperton and then go to Denmark and go to Caroline Fleming's family castle. But she really had to hustle. And yeah, you see here, like if her husband had to deal with all of those things, like those side effects, like don't just go away overnight. And, you know, he was like not really present on the show. And some of the women had made comments like, oh, yeah, he's not as fun and he never really comes around. But, you know, if he's going through those types of things, being on a reality show isn't going to do him any favors. No. First of all, we could have had a drinking game with the name of times Mapperton came up. First of all. Oh, my God, I know. Because of the show, she wasn't really happy doing the show a lot, but because of the show, they were able to renovate and update the home, which included replumbing the house, adding parking, and a wedding venue. So his net worth is about $10 million, and the father-in-law is about $100 million, which, wonder why they didn't put the bill for the updates, or if it's something that... I mean, it could always be some sort of estate is in there, and that estate is probably like $25 million just in that, but... That must just be a money pit. Like, I remember watching Downton Abbey and thinking, like, whoa, people live like this? This is crazy. The next one is Annabelle Nielsen. And sadly, she's died since the show. She died of a stroke. But Alexander McQueen referred to her as his Tinkerbell. She was a bridesmaid in his wedding, and they were best friends. She was the last person to see him alive. And he allegedly asked her to marry him sometime before he died. Yeah, he definitely was very gay. I don't know if he... I thought he was gay. He asked her? Yeah. Or she... But she always said she was his muse. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe she said that. She was friends with Kate Moss. She's fourth cousin to Queen Elizabeth II. She was bullied and then beaten as a teenager. A Daily Mail quote. Uh, the assailant later convicted of killing three women, tied her to a tree, and beat her for two hours, leaving her in need of reconstructive surgery. It left her depressed. She was a drug addict by the time she had turned 16 and left school without any qualifications, saying in 2015, in a way, heroin saved me because otherwise I would have killed myself. Oh, my gosh. Oh, she eloped in Las Vegas with Nathaniel Rothschild, son of banker Jacob Rothschild. Didn't Paris Hilton... Her her sister, Mary Rothschild. Yeah, let's see if they have any relation. I love Google. Thank God for that. Yes. 
She had to sign a confidentiality agreement and return to her maiden name to receive a settlement. So apparently they didn't want her walking around as a Rothschild. She also dated Lord Edward Spencer Churchill, whose father is Duke of Marlborough, whose full name is John George Vanderbilt Henry Spencer Churchill. How many fancy names? Is a first cousin twice removed to Winston Churchill. And if you read any of the Downtown Abbey books, like spinoffs about like the American heiresses who, who married into the aristocracy, you know, they were the rich, you know, brides come to save the British aristocracy from bankruptcy. Uh, his grandmother was a Vanderbilt and it was the same Spencer family tree as Diana. Of course. Okay. Um, yeah. At that point, you don't fuck things up. If this is like the lineage, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's insane. A Churchill, a Vanderbilt, and a Spencer. That's why. And she died of a heart attack at the age of 49. She she published a series of books about being dyslexic for children. They were children's books. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And then her publisher went out of business while promoting her books. And so she fell into a depression. And Caroline Stanberry said Annabelle was always slightly a tortured soul, and Annabelle herself claimed she was cursed many times. I mean, her death was, like, tragic. I remember seeing it and was just shocked. And I remember she had, you know, she obviously struggled with heroin and drug addiction for years prior to being on the show and being in, like, our reality TV world. But I believe she, like, fell off a horse a couple times. I think we had that on the last season of the show. She had fallen off that horse and had to go on, like, heavy medicine and you know that those like opioids and stuff that'll kill you like if you keep taking it and once you jump back into it like I've seen people in my own life even like people who don't really have addiction issues before they start taking these opioids and then it just turns into a really gnarly cycle and because she's like so fancy and and British having a heart attack at what 49 years old that's very young I hope nothing like fishy happened but it was devastating when I saw she passed away. And at 49, like, that is so young. Was it Marissa Hermer who also opened up the hot dog, hot dog store? Oh, yeah, the hot dog stand. It's like, honey, you can't make everything that Americans do, like, famous. That's just, like, it's not going to work here in London. So his family owned a popular nightclub, Bougie's. And a restaurant chain called Bumpkin, they left London, they opened up, and they went to LA, and they opened up a restaurant called The Draycott in LA, and another restaurant called Oliveta in West Hollywood. And they've been- Which I heard both are really good, actually. Really? And they've been reportedly been handing out meals to medical workers during COVID. She also has a cookbook. I don't know how all these people come up with enough, like, original recipes to have cookbooks well they're basically like okay i'm gonna make marissa's mac and cheese and it's like okay this is just like <laughs> like the same macaroni and cheese recipe that everybody else does like i i never understand that too i'm actually doing an episode on my show where i go through five recipes from Teresa giudice's skinny italian and oh my god like i'm just gonna go through it and cook a bunch of things and then like give my you know, amateur chefs' um, opinions on it. But I'm thinking, I'm like, if you didn't come up with this. Also, one Italian food, it's not easy to make, but, you know, throw some things in a in a pan and put some olive oil and sauce in, and you got yourself a, a delicious meal. But, it, yeah, no, these people aren't, like, thinking of things. She's like, Marissa's BLT. My specialty is that I put a little bit of sriracha in the mayo. Like, it's... <laughs> she was in PR. She wasn't a chef. She didn't go to culinary. No. 
So yeah. Juliet brings us to Juliet Angus, Oof. who was kind of a controversial bull in a China, in an American bull in the China shop when it came to the London. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. She moved to London with her advertising exec husband Gregor with their two kids. The couple were um, are worth between thirty and forty million in two thousand fourteen. I like him. But I guess she was on other reality TV shows. Uh, Beg, borrow, deal in 2002. And I've never heard of this one, but I wish I had. Diva Detectives in 2003. Uh, what? <laughs> Diva Detectives? What the hell is Juliet Angus doing on that? Yeah, and now she just has her website and stuff. I guess apparently she gets along with the other girls. And she, I think her business probably benefited the most from the exposure besides probably Mapperton. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know what her business is but like she's a blogger and maybe getting free stuff is pretty cool also i'm not finding anything about this diva detectives now i'm like completely confused as to what this is but joyce gerard from real houses beverly hills was on it too oh three female private eyes work diverse cases on the las vegas strip in this reality series what she didn't even talk about that when she was on heather mcdonald yeah, I mean, this seems like a real stretch. Also, it's like Juliet's last name, which is Rogelwiski, before it was Angus. I would definitely take my I feel like we need name. a reboot of this. I know. Reality TV meets true crime. It's like the real channel. We we need to make this happen. So Sophie Stanberry, I think, from what I recall, one time I talked about her hair and Dolly Parton in the same sentence, and she liked my tweet. She has, I looked her up again on Instagram today and she still has amazing fucking hair. It's better than Kyle's. Oh, I mean, Kyle, your hair has no volume. Like this is hair. Like this is, and I even liked speaking of Joyce Gerard, like when Joyce came on the show and Kyle was like, yeah, he always, when she was uh, given a run for her money on best hair, she was like, um, my hair is great too. It's like, oh my gosh, she's you think that's gonna make you like cool, nice hair? Keep you're not looking at Stanberry vibes, like unless you're there. It's nobody. So she is the ex sister in law of Carolyn Stanberry. And her I from what I remember, I think her ex husband was cute, but he pro- he looked like I bet he was a douche. Like he looked like the stereotypical northeastern douche. If he lived in the States. He would be like a New York, New Jersey, kinetic douche. Yeah. You know that dude. Yeah, he seemed kind of douchey vibes. Well, it was his, he was Caroline's brother. And so she was like, you know, a posh socialite. And so he must have been, again, a Gilmore Girls reference. But I think he's like Logan, if you ever watch that show, where he's like really rich, can do no wrong, is incredibly charming, kind of like a frat boy vibe. Totally my weakness. Totally <laughs> Uh, oh, completely. I love, I, oh my gosh, give me a douche in the room. <laughs> I love emotionally unavailable men. Oh mm. my God. Give me an emotionally unavailable guy and I will be like. Like finally, someone who loves me. <laughs> yeah. Let me do cartwheels so I can get his acceptance. <laughs> I want to try out for the We team. both need to go to deep therapy after we listen back to this. <laughs> <laughs> 
but I feel like I feel like because I know my I know my deficiencies somehow it makes it endearing and like somehow healthier because I'm quite aware of my trauma yeah well I mean you're self-aware I'm slowly beginning to realize those things in myself where I'm like oh I see why I like this guy because he's just like all the other ones so Sophie Stanberry was an interior designer but she once worked at the largest hedge fund in the world I had no idea about her yeah now she's like a like I said she's a decorator and she worked and she actually works. yeah she does I bet she didn't get a lot in that divorce because it was probably family trust money she worked at the exclusive club Annabelle's where Princess Diana and Frank Sinatra partied and I'm dying to go there I was looking at on her Instagram she does not have Luann type post of like this is my love that I've never loved before type post they're just her and her kids yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I don't know if she's dating, but I think she is like such a good mom, like based on the internet, the way she cooks and keeps a nice home and like very much seems like she is all about herself and her children. And I love that. And in addition to a good head of hair, um, but, but I hated that like Caroline always was like, you know, kind of talking down to her because I felt like when I was rewatching clips this morning and I was just seeing like their dynamic with one another. And it was very much like that Teresa and Melissa situation from Jersey Housewives where it's like, I brought you onto this show. So you need to have unwavering 100% loyalty to me. And it's like, wait, 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 like, that's not always fair. Like, you're wrong sometimes. Yeah. And I think it's hard with her too, because she was trying really hard to be loyal to Carolyn Stanberry. But at the same time, she was being kind of pulled in other directions, which she could see that she was being a brat. It's hard. on, And I wouldn't ever like want to do something like that with family on a show, because then it always comes back to her where she's like, I'm your family. I'm your family. I'm your family, Sophie. You're doing this to your family. It's like, oh, uh, I'm not doing this to my family. I'm doing it to you. I have no good segue to wrap this up. <laughs> just like we came in. Just like we came in, we're going out. Very so hot. why don't we keep it consistent? Yeah, <laughs> let's keep it consistent. So where can people find you and your show? Not like they are, don't already know who you are, but we're going to pretend like they don't. Well, lots of people to listen to my show. So thank you for having me on. This was so fun. I will tell you and all your listeners, I'm the worst guest ever. I, I bring it when I show up, but getting me to show up is like pulling you brought teeth. It. But I'm here and I No, I loved it. But if you want to check out my podcast, it's called Bravo Happy Hour. We have two shows that come out a week. Friday shows are news episodes. So we only talk about the news that is going on in Bravo. This week, we don't really recap unless things are really slow in the news world and I need something to do. And then I do bonus episodes every Tuesday where I pay, basically take whatever topic I could think of. Uh, like about a Bravo celebrity, a book from a Bravo celebrity, whatever, and do a deep dive into it. And it's really fun. And this week, my episodes are actually swapping days because I've just been really busy. I haven't had time. But the one on Friday is called Beauty on Bravo. And we talk all about the best Bravo celebrity like beauty brands. So Kim Zolciak Beerman and Ramona's Ageless and all that stuff. And so I have like a really great beauty blogger coming on and we talk all about it and she gave me that good advice that I talked about before. So tune in and and you and Jess are coming on soon to talk about where the Real Housewives of OC kids are now because half of them are either like in jail or in porn. So that fascinates me till no end. <laughs> I for one have learned a huge lesson in 
when to say things and when not to say things, and how you can be friends with people and be friends with other people. You can't keep everybody happy all the time. There's, it's impossible, and we all are very open, honest, happy people, and we do speak our minds sometimes. Absolutely. Sorry, I've got to interrupt you, but what I've learned in the last couple of years is loyalty. That's, I'm sorry. I agree. I am sorry I with agree. this group of people. I've never seen loyalty last a fleeting second. I mean, what does Juliet want? A medal for being Caroline's number one friend? I agree with you that it is down to loyalty sometimes. Whatever you just spewed about miscommunication. You are not perfect either. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.